pushes away from McCulloch. Thurston gets the ball to Morgan. Morgan crosses the 20. Comes away to O'Neill. Gets the ball. scored. scored in the corner. Welcome to Above the Horizontal, a podcast about rugby league. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson. I'm joined by Daniel Friend and Kieran Gibson to express our utter confusion at the Dragons leaving Turek Sims out of their 17 again to talk about the Storm with utter admiration after their amazing round one record continues and to even call Buzz Rothfield a reanimated corpse. Knowing Buzz, he'll be finding this and will be sinners in no time. Something to look forward to. I'm joined by... Kieran Gibson and Daniel Friend today. We are recording at 5pm Queensland time on Wednesday the 16th of March. Kieran, you weren't joining us last week. You managed to get three out of eight for the tips, which we all did actually. We all got three out of eight, Miles included, Friendy and and myself. Kieran, how's how's your week been? Did you enjoy your week off? Uh, I enjoyed the week off until um, I had to watch the Cowboys on Sunday. You look forward to the season all off season, and then they they produce what they produced on Sunday. Uh, um, to our listeners listening, if you didn't watch it, definitely don't go back and watch it. It was a terrible game. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't high quality football, and it was made even more sour by the fact that Hammerso just couldn't stay back like half a meter. Daniel, friend, uh, as I mentioned, you also got three out of eight, but you did have the sincere pleasure of getting one of your tips wrong because the Knights won. Yeah, you beauty. Uh, off the mark, the mind in red and blues. Um, I was actually yeah, out on the cricket field, so I didn't get to watch it till Monday. So pretty happy with that, though, and, yeah, hope everyone's had a good week. Now, unfortunately, your bold prediction was that Cody Walker was going to have four try-involvements for the Rabbitohs. He did have uh, two try-involvements, if you think about the fact that he was part of what happened for Josh Mansour's try, but he also did throw the intercept for Albert Kelly. So, uh, mm-hmm. not quite the night we envisioned for Mr. Walker. Yeah, no, I um, was walking Joey the other night and he stopped for a little bit and I picked up my bold from behind him. So, <laughs> make, of, make of that what you will. <laughs> Joey's a dog, just by <laughs> for, for mm. non-regular yeah, listeners. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't walking Andrew Johns around the streets. Yeah, although, I mean, sometimes he does need to be put on a leash, I think. I also got three out of eight. My my bold prediction was that the Storm were going to be by 18 points because I expected the mole to be that far wrong with his prediction that the Tigers were going to get up. And tell you what, the Tigers, they sh- they did show up. They they really, really did. Uh, the Storm also battled with some some injury concerns, including a, uh, a game-ending injury to an outside back, which is always troublesome. Um, but they did end up prevailing uh, in the end fairly comfortably, but... Yeah, they had to fight for it, and it certainly wasn't the 18-plus victory that I envisioned. Guys, let's talk about wildcard awards. I'm coming off the back fence, so I might just sit on that one just for a moment. Kieran, this is your uh, your first regular season game. What's your wildcard this week? The Eels' 36-year wait is clearly looming large with some gamesmanship from Moses to end the game. Ooh. At 30-28, to 28, the uh, as the clock was draining, there was about 80 seconds left to paint the picture. Uh, and Moses had a, a penalty goal right in front. Um, I, I think by the time he took the kick, there was about 20 seconds to go, and he repeatedly looked up at the clock um, just to see how much time was left. I think it needs to be changed, and I think players should be able to charge down, um, not even before that they start the run-up, but there should just be like a 30-second wait. They're allowed to, maybe even 20 seconds they're allowed to take. You don't, from right in front, you don't need any time to, to steady yourself. So 
Uh, not a fan of it, um, but I guess if, if it gets the Eels a, a season-winning start, good for them. Surely the uh, the easier method there would just be to blow time off if you're the referee, right? Like, yeah, why, exactly. why why is he allowing that sort of time-wasting to happen? Yeah, uh, I, I couldn't understand it. And I, I thought we had um, – I thought that that had been implemented. But I, I swear from watching over the last couple of seasons, they do it some games. This is going to sound crazy, but I swear they do it some games and some games they don't. Well, that speaks to Justin Holbrook's point about the uh, the big teams and the little teams. Friendy, do you have a take on that at all? Um, yeah, I, I'm with Kieran. I think they should stamp it out as well. But I guess a bit of gamesmanship from Moses in that situation, and it was he got away with it. So, yeah, well, good luck to him. Good luck to him indeed. Friendy, what's your wildcard award this week? My wildcard this week, Bo and Kieran, is the we pluck the rooster's feathers and we shove them up their ass, and it goes <laughs> to my it goes to my mighty knights. Uh, we haven't beaten the Roosters in Sydney since 2009, and it was, yeah, geez, it felt good to break that hoodoo. I've got a fair few mates who are Roosters supporters, so uh, that was, yeah, good to get one back there. Including one uh, in your cricket club, uh, Mr. Mm. Ethan Jones. Shout yeah, out to him. He, he was very quiet, so, yeah, <laughs> we liked that. <laughs> How'd you go with the uh, semi-final, by the way? You had a you had a win, didn't you? Yeah, no, we didn't. Um, we... Uh, we were going all right, uh, plugging away, sort of, I came in at three for 30-odd, got us up close to uh, 90 or 100, and then, so we were four for about 100, and then all out 140, and the, the other guys got it, yeah, three down. So, yeah, unfortunately, we're done for the year, but that's okay, I can watch my nights now. Yeah, I was going to say, it must have softened the blow just that little bit. Uh, well, speaking of softening blows, I'm, I'm not holding back on this one. My award is for the worst apology ever. And it goes to Buzz Rothfield, because my word. Basically, last week on NRL 360, the reanimated corpse that is Rothfield, fresh off too many wines and red in the cheeks, said the Bulldogs were behind the competition because they didn't use drones for their training sessions. Now, Gus Gould elegantly disproved this theory by showing drone footage of their training sessions within the next day or so on Twitter. Now, fast forward to this Monday just gone and the bipedal beetroot masquerading as a journalist has to apologize, right? For getting it wrong. Except he doesn't apologize. He does admit to the mistake, but then he just slams Gould for sacking Cleary a few years ago and then wasting money on Anthony Griffin after a re-signing and then a sacking a few months later. So not only does he not just do the right thing and apologize, but then he also slams the dude that he wronged. And to top it all off, he finishes with the quote, I like to be accurate, which is an actual and real quote from Buzz <laughs> Rothfield in 2022, the most hated Sharks fan in existence, and they've got ScoMo. So, the uh-huh. award for the worst apology ever goes to Buzz Rothfield. Uh, so, <laughs> I did tell you guys that I came off the back fence. Uh, I managed to get a little bit of ScoMo hate in there as well, so I'm pretty proud of myself. <laughs> guys, let's, let's go to the, uh, the big news items with what did we learn this week? Friendy, what did you learn? Uh, I learned this week, Bo, that the Broncos are better than what I thought. So, I'm still not a fan of their coach. However, the other night, they were fantastic. I thought they only scored 11 points, yes, but you can't question their effort and passion and attitude. I, I thought, yeah, it was really good. It's the best I've seen from them in about three years. Uh, so, I did have them 15th, I think, in my ladder prediction. So, yeah, well done to them. I, I think they might finish slightly higher than that. Yeah, I had them at about 12th or so. I think, Kieran, you had them a little bit higher than 15th as well. Yeah. Um, 
I didn't manage to actually watch the game. I watched the highlights, like the extended highlights, the 15 minute ones, um, the next day, but I was, I was at cricket training and then I came, uh, I was coming back from, from training and I'm listening to it on the, on the radio and I hear Kurt Capewell get the ball and slot a field goal. I'm just like, what the hell is going on with this game? Kiri, did you get the chance to watch it at all? Yeah, I did. And I thought the Rabbitohs really struggled to uh, gain any ascendancy or momentum or even get in any good field uh, position. Um, and I think that was down to the Broncos defense. I thought it was excellent pretty much all night. Yeah, it was like, for me, it was kind of like learning both things. It was like learning that the Broncos might actually do okay this year on, on that evidence, but also learning that the Rabbitohs, they um, they might mm-hmm. really miss their, their main general, Adam Reynolds. And of course, not having Latrell Mitchell as well certainly makes a difference. Kieran, what did you learn last week? Uh, I think everyone uh, is a big fan, of, well, maybe not a big fan of the side, but knows just how good they are. Um, and as Friendy learned that the Broncos are maybe a bit better than he thought, I think, uh, I, well, I did, I learned that um, I don't know if I'll ever know just how good the Storm are and, until the day I pass because they just keep getting better and better every year. They won, I think it was the 20th round one victory in a row. So extremely impressive stuff. Um, they just keep on winning no matter who they get rid of, who is or isn't in form who, or who's injured. Um, and as the commentator said of Andrew Conway's 60-meter spiral kick against England in the Six Nations on Sunday, whatever the word beyond fabulous is, use it. Well, the same applies to the storm. And for that word you're looking for, well, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal, phenomenal, wasn't it? That was that was Michael Ennis. Um, <laughs> And, and considering the fact they didn't have Cameron Munster, considering the fact they didn't have Harry Grant, considering they lost Brandon Smith within minutes, they had Tyron Wishart, the son of Rod Wishart, come on and, and do a job there for most of the game. Uh, Christian Welch, one of the best props in the game, co-captain for them, uh, out injured late, very late in the game. Um, George Jennings, the winger, goes down. Uh, Jesse Bromwich withdraws before the match. Friendy, very impressive stuff from the Storm. Yeah, and very expected. Bellamy's never lost around one. It's uh, it's a sensational record. And just on Munster, quickly, heading into this week, I, I think he'll have a, an awesome season and he's primed and ready to go. Uh, lost a bit of weight and stuff. Does he look like um, Matthew McConaughey in Dallas Buyers Club at the moment? <laughs> <laughs> he looks crook. <laughs> so, I mean, I haven't seen any recent photos. Um, yeah. He's but- got the hair going on. He looks all gaunt in the face because he's so fit. Apparently, he's got a six-pack and stuff so um he's obviously been training the house down as they say but yeah i don't know don't know if it suits him i, I like a bit of <laughs> bit of pudding on that stuff anyway that took a turn didn't it well it wasn't mcconaughey's best look either i mean he did get the oscar for that performance but it was it was, was... playing someone with the aids virus so <laughs> yeah. it's not really a great look so no, sorry monster <laughs> no not not the best um yeah, I, I don't know what to say to that i guess i'll just go to what i learned which was uh that as, as you pointed out to us, Friendy, it, it seems like Tarek Sims is a bit on the nose. Um, you mentioned this last week. Considering that he played Origin last year and played quite well, I thought he had some good good impact uh, for the Blues in a dominant Blues series win. To make to not be able to make the Dragons 17 at the moment, the Dragons aren't a terrible team, but they're not particularly flash either. Uh, to not make their team is a is a bit confusing. And, and you mentioned that they might be trying to shift him off. Now, I've... I've come across some information that apparently he's all but a done deal for the Storm next year. 
However, the Storm don't have much room to move. They've only got like a hundred thousand dollars um, to play with in this year's cap, unless they move somebody else on. So, I mean, that's that's a potential situation, I suppose, where they could create a money situation for them. Hopefully, without going back to their old tricks, but. Failing that, he might not end up at the Storm this year, or if he does, it might be quite late. So, Tariq might just spend some time on the outer. Friendy, is that making much sense to you? Zero sense at all. As you stated, he was one of the best uh, performers in Origin um, last year, so I really have no idea what they're trying to do there other than freeze him out of his contract, which, if he's already there, why do you need to free up salary cap space? I mean, who are you looking to get in? There's no one available at the moment, so why do you need to free up that contract if he's gone next year anyway? Makes no sense to me for, to the Dragons. Just if you've got him, use him. Play him on the left edge or, or at least on the bench. Like, he's in your best 17. It's bizarre. Yeah, the kind of guy that plays an edge beautifully, but, I mean, you know, at a pinch could give you 15 minutes in the middle pretty well. He's certainly a class player. Kieran, what's your read on this? Uh, I have to agree with you guys. I, I think it's a bit, a bit of a waste of talent. And when you look at the players that are, um, uh, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Mitch Dunn. I think he can be, he can be a good player, and I'll, I'm happy to persist with him. But if, if you look at him getting game time for the Cowboys, and then you look at the Dragons not giving game time to Tarek Sims, that that kind of uh, causes me to scratch my head. I, I'm not sure what's going on. I swear, anyone would think that you're not really a Cowboys fan because you take every chance you can just to shit on. <laughs> no, it's, it, at least you won't go on at Cohen Hess that time. I'll, I'll give you that. Or Townsend. <laughs> or Townsend. <laughs> oh my goodness, more on. Uh, let, let's let's just skip that. Um, I my read on this is that I think it's actually not a bad idea if the Dragons keep him. Because, I mean, you know, they, they should be playing him and then whoever's in the team should probably drop out or into a different role. And But keep that depth because with COVID hanging over the heads of the entire competition, it actually makes a lot of sense to have, you know, a, a fair bit of depth there, you know. So having, you know, in theory, having a guy like Tarek Sims outside the 17 sounds like a, a golden deal. But, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a, as you say, Friendy, like, you've already spent the money. Why would you let him just sit on the bench, like, uh, just yeah. let him go next year. Yeah, exactly right. I, I have no idea why they're not using him. It's, it's bizarre. I, I don't understand. All right. Well, that's that's the three big news items this week. Let's move on to round two. Predictions for round two. We are already there. We're skimming along, guys. We're doing really well. Um, if we're giving ourselves a little pat in the back there. Uh, the, the very first game is the Storm and the Rabbitohs. It is... Thursday at 8.05pm local time at Amy Park. That'll be 7.05 for Queensland viewers. The big team list news there is for the Storm, the returning Cameron Munster and Harry Grant attempt to offset the loss of Brandon Smith and Christian Welsh to injury. And Latrell Mitchell returns for the Rabbitohs. And, man, honestly, gee whiz, after the shocking time, I'm a bit tra- traumatized, actually, by last week's tips. Um, so I don't really, I'm kind of scared to tip this result, um, but I'm going to plump for the Storm with the sole reason being their spine's just that little bit better, a bit more cohesive. I think Lachlan Ilias is going to need some time um, at the Rabbitohs, so I'm going to go for the Storm. Friendy, who do you like in this one? I like Melbourne, and it's Bellamy's 500th game at the helm. So, Ooh. yeah, watch out, Rabbits. Ooh, that's a good good spot, that one. Kieran? Yeah, well, after what Friendy's just said, I was actually thinking this could be a close game, but it's uh, not only his 500th game, but they're at home. I think Melbourne will all win comfortably now. now just quickly, 
on yeah. um on South, guys. What I noticed last week, uh, Joey spoke about it. Not my dog, the the actual Joey. <laughs> um, <laughs> they were talking about uh, Adam Reynolds and what he brought to the team last year, and obviously kicking is a big factor and and direction of the side. But he unlocked Cody Walker basically, so he would take the ball into the line really, really deep and then obviously zing a pass out the back to either Cody or, or maybe there's some eyes on Latrell as well who was missing last week. But uh, Ilias last week, I don't think he was going deep enough and then they tried to get Cameron Murray to do it. He was going deep enough, but I noticed his pass was just too slow compared to someone like a Reynolds, a, a noted halfback. So I think that's why... And and obviously all eyes being on Cody last week, that's why they struggled a lot. They just their attack was too slow and too clunky. And that's what the Broncos wanted. They wanted the game to be okay. It's going to be an effort game now. Like if we can just focus yep. on this one person and just be fit enough for the eighty minutes, we can win this game. And mm-hmm. uh, and that's what ended up happening. So uh, no good call. Thanks for that piece of analysis. The next game is the Dragons and the Panthers. That's at Friday. It's on Friday at 6 p.m. local time from Netstrata Jubilee Stadium. Kieran, what's your read on the Dragons and Panthers game? So for the Dragons, Aaron Woods is uh, replacing replace a prop by Mola, which I think is a good switch. Um, and Tarek Sims hopefully gets the start, although he's in the reserves at the moment. Um, no changes is expected to the side named for the Panthers, although uh, it says Moses Leota's shoulder injury sees Spencer Linia move to the run-on side. Um, I thought that the Dragons struggled to gain ascendancy in the first half, even with the breeze at their backs, and then funnily, funnily enough kicked on in the second half with the breeze against them. Um, I still against a, a warrior side who I haven't tipped to make the finals. Um, they're coming up against a Panther side who I've named to come second. And if you watched the Panthers last week, I think you'll understand why I'm tipping the Panthers. Yeah, me too. Friendy, what do you think? Panthers for me. I'm I'm actually unsure if I'll tip against them again this year uh, after last week. Yeah, Pe- Penrith. It'll have to take a, a fair uh, turn of form to, to change our minds on that one, I think. The next game is the Roosters and Seagulls. This is on Friday at 8.05pm local time from the SCG. Friendy, uh, this could... This one's actually... I found this super hard to tip. Yeah, me too. It'll be a close one, I think. Uh, the only real team news is... Everyone's favourite bloke, Dylan Walker, returns to the number 14 jersey for Manly. Uh, Yeah, I I think both sides will be better this week. Uh, The Roosters looked quite clunky last week. Manly just never got in the game whatsoever. Uh, Just dropped balls, penalties, all that sort of stuff. So I look to... um, I'm expecting this to be a much uh, better affair for both teams, and it'll be a really tight game. I'm just going to back the Roosters just on, on the basis of their superior middle forwards, I think. That's why I'll be tipping them. I've gone with them as well, um, and I, I don't have any confidence because the Seagulls were at least beaten by an almost flawless performance from the Panthers. Uh, the Roosters were beaten by a very, very good Knights, don't get me wrong, but the difference between the Knights and the Panthers is pretty immense. So, I don't know why I'm tipping the Roosters, but I am. Kieran, who are you tipping? Uh, I've got the Roosters, but the, the main reason for me is I think the Roosters are have shown over the last probably four or five years that they're one of those sides that if they have a bad week one week that they're more than capable of bouncing back and more than uh, often more often than not do bounce back the next week so um, I think that that their defensive resolve will probably just get them over the line and a small shout out to Kieran Foran who I thought played really well in a losing side last week yeah, yeah he looks really fit 
that was that was the one reason why I was thinking about tipping the Sea Eagles was that they got that real set spine um, compared to the Roosters who are you know with Walker and Kiri still meshing um, and the hooker situation a bit tricky for them as well. Uh, oh, yeah, still Roosters, still Roosters, but no confidence. Uh, the next game is the Titans and the Warriors, which is from. 2 p.m. on Saturday, local time, Seabus Super Stadium. That's 3 p.m. New South Wales time, of course. There's a bit more team news here. Brimson has been named to return at six for the Titans. He was named last week, didn't play. Uh, and for the Warriors, Reese Walsh and Matt Lodge are coming in. But they do lose Sean Johnson. Again, I'm super scared to tip. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm feeling so, like, traumatized. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the Titans here. I was so impressed. I mean, defensively, he still has some work to do, but I was so impressed with Jaden Campbell. Just like the slick footwork, some some lovely passing. Um, I could see some bigger Warriors forwards struggling a little bit with him coming at them late in each half. So I'm going to go with the Titans on the back of some Jaden Campbell magic. Kieran, what are you thinking? I quite liked what the Titans brought last week. They did concede 32 points, but I thought there were some pretty poor refereeing decisions for some Eels tries. Um, admittedly, I'm not the biggest Eels fan all the time, so take from that what you will. But um, yeah, I think the Titans will win. Friendy, who are you thinking? Oh, I've really wanted to tip the Warriors, but I'm going to have to go with the Titans. Uh, I think they'll be too strong in this one. I hope you're right. Uh, the next game is the Sharks and the Eels, 5.30 p.m. local time on Saturday from Points Bet Stadium, which is what they're calling the Sharks' home ground these days. Kieran, this one, I... Uh, it feels like the Eels should be favourites, but uh, I'm I, again I'm not confident. Yeah, so the, the the Sharks obviously lost last week and the Eels won, but um, I think the Eels kind of won in uh, an unceremonious uh, way. Moses ran down the clock at the end, and then as I said, those couple of tries that I didn't think were tries, and then the, um, yeah, they led in twenty eight points anyway. Uh, I didn't get to see the Sharks game again, or much of the Sharks game against the Raiders, um, but I heard Hines and uh, Moylan actually did all right at, in the halves. That's just what I've heard. Some nice flat face balls to second rows to go for tries. Um, that's not much analysis, so I don't really have too much insight on the Sharks. But for the Eels, I thought Mahoney was brilliant. Uh, got out of dummy half a couple of times and, and drew two, three defenders before throwing a pass out in front uh, um, for his man to run onto and giving them an easy pass uh, then for their winger to, to just dive over in the corner with no one around. So I've got the, the Eels winning bet. If, if I had to uh, pinpoint a player to, to, to break open this game, I'll say Marnie. I'm also going to go with the Eels. Friendy, who do you like? I'll be taking the Eels as well, and I think they'll be looking to defend a lot better this week. So, yeah, I'll go with the Eels. Yeah, that 28 points conceded, like you mentioned, Kieran, very telling. Uh, so I don't think Brad Arthur would like that one little bit. The last game on Saturday, on Super Saturday, as they call it on Fox Sports, is the Cowboys and the Raiders. It's from 6.35 p.m. local, uh, which is at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. The second home game in a row for the Cowboys. However, that didn't go fantastic for them last week against the Bulldogs. Friendy, do you see a little bit more hope for our Cowboys? Or maybe not so much? Uh, I might just move past that question for your guys' sake. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, for the Raiders... Uh, <laughs> Josh Hodgson and uh, young Schneider misses out. So, was he dropped? I'm actually not sure if he was injured or uh, not. Schneider is COVID. Schneider is COVID. Okay, there you go. That's a good headline. Um, <laughs> coming in for them is Tom Starling and Matt Frawley taking their spots. So, 
I the Cowboys are, are they un, pretty sure they're unchanged. So yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to have to tip the Raiders as I wouldn't back the Cowboys with money I found on the ground at the moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, there is uh, one thing I am encouraged by is the Cowboys have Griffin Neem coming in. Uh, Jermaine Tanoa Browns are slightly injured, but um, so he'll be out. Uh, Griffin Neem comes in. I don't mind that. I'm tipping the Cowboys because I am apparently into that sort of punishment. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's a revealing moment for me on a one Wednesday afternoon podcast. Kieran, what about you? Uh, no, I, I can't, I can't tip us. Um, I thought I, I didn't mind Hiku's debut. Uh, he was a bit hot and cold. There's one moment in particular, um, where he really let us down. Um, I think Holmes needs to get a bit more involved. Uh, I, it, people may say he's past it, but I think he's definitely got a, a bit of spark about him still to, to, uh, get us some points, but yeah, I've got to tip the Raiders, especially on the back of their performance, uh, and on the back of Whiten's performance, who I said was possibly over the hill last week. Yeah, he looked really, really good against the Sharks, uh, just quietly. So, uh, yeah, that's bad news for the Cowboys fans. I'll, I'll still stick by him just for now. Just get the ball, get the ball to the hammer as much as you can. Yeah, and Give away, it to the fast away from Townsend is that because he's fifth yep. tackle options. My God. Um, okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> Let's just give it to Hammer. He'll tip and chase and just hope for the best. Um, the next game is on Sunday afternoon. It's from it's from McDonald Jones Stadium at four o five p.m. local. It's the Knights and the Tigers. Kieran, what's your analysis of of this one? Because I thought both teams were really really good last week. And both uh, very good defensively, especially I thought. Um, especially uh, maybe the t- the Tigers did lead twenty six points in the end, but I thought their first half against the Melbourne Storm um, and coming up against that record, coming up against such a champion side, I thought it was really impressive. Um, the Knights have say- named the same seventeen as last week, and it doesn't look like they'll Daniel Siafidi will push his way in. It looks like he'll miss another week. Um, James Tamo returns for the Tigers and starts for Alex Twelve. Um, <laughs> he replaces Luke Geiner on the bench. Um, Blake Morgan's cheering behind me. Um, I, I, so Night Spine was supposed to be the reason they'd get the spoon. Um, I've spoken about this in a, in a few chats, just how ridiculous I thought that that statement was. Just Knights getting the spoon and then, and then the reason being their spine. They've got Ponga and Clifford there. So whenever you've got half a spine as good as that, I, I don't. Yeah, they're, they're, I think the Knights could could easily make the eight. Um, uh, and the main reason I've got them winning here is because of their spine. Clifford and Ponga will um, nearly always show up, and then Randall could do it can do a job with Clem to steer the side. I, I really liked the Knights' attack. I thought they attacked all over the park on Saturday. They didn't just pick one sort of area, um, which was most impressive against a renowned uh, staunch Roosters defense. Um, and then the Tigers, yeah, the, their defense really stood up. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't think they can, they can, uh, can consistently do it over 80 minutes. That's why I've got the Knights. I've also got the Knights, but I'm not confident at all because I thought the Tigers were really, really good. Uh, I think Ponga factor, I, I'm, I'm really liking Clune and Clifford. So Knights for me. Friendy, that must be music to your ears. I assume you're going for the Knights, but, um, do you think it's going to be a close one potentially? Yeah, it could be closer than people think. I'll tip the Knights. But uh, the Tigers have proven to be our bogey side over the last, I don't know, half a dozen years, I guess. So um, as hopefully we're not wearing those mining jerseys. We Ugh. tend to play terribly in those. Um, so, yeah, hopefully nice big red and blue stripes and we can get over the line. Well, it's a home game and, like, 
the mining one has a bit of orange on it, which would be bad against the tigers. So fingers crossed, you are correct. That's just the, the blue and the red. Um, and yes, good luck to the knights and the tigers. I thought they were both really good in round one. The last game of the round is the Bulldogs and the Broncos. It's 6.35 p.m. local uh, from a core stadium, which is where the Bulldogs are playing their home games lately. They both had wins in round one. Perhaps the Broncos were more impressive in their win, but the Bulldogs did what they had to do, Friendy. So how do you see this one going? They did. I think the big inclusions for the Broncos this match, Tessie New at the back and Adam Reynolds making his club debut for them at halfback. He'll steady the ship as well. So uh, the dogs are basically unchanged, I think. And I really can't see anything but a a Brisbane victory here. Uh, I I think they will win by plenty, to be honest. And, And for some reason, I've got down in my notes here that I think there'll be a fight in this game. <laughs> okay. um, there's a few hotheads in this, in this, uh, both squads really. Uh, there's a, and they're, they're quite young and brash. So yeah, I, I guess Hetherington and Pangai Jr. are the main culprits for Brisbane. But yeah, look out for a fight. <laughs> I, um, you know what? I wouldn't even rule out like a civil fight. Like I'm, I'm thinking perhaps Kurt Capewell doesn't want to relinquish the field goal duties. So, you know, yeah. now that Reynolds has come back, so maybe they punch on. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't want to be Adam Reynolds in that situation, actually, just <laughs> quietly. Uh, I too have the Broncos. Kieran, what do you think? Uh, I think Turpin steals the limelight from both Reynolds and Capewell and, and takes that game winning field goal. Um, <laughs> no. Nah. I'm not a big fan of Turbin. Um, I think the Broncos win comfortably as well. Uh, well, by the time they've taken field goals, Billy Walters will be on the field, so maybe it'll be Billy Walters <laughs> um, squeezing in for a field goal, unless Turpin decides to take one in like the 30th minute. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks very much. Uh, let's talk about some... That's probably a pretty bold prediction, Billy Walters to or Jake Turpin to get a field goal. But aside from that, uh, what other bold predictions do we have in store? Friendy, what do you got for us? Uh, my bold this week, Bo, is Storm to win by 30 or more. Oh. <laughs> Jesus, who are they playing again? <laughs> South Sydney. Rabbitoh. Holy crap, really? Wow. Yeah, I think they'll absolutely give it to them. Oh, yeah. I've got that one as a really close one. So, uh, at the, you know, that plays directly against my bold prediction, which is that five games will be decided by eight points or less. I don't really want to nominate which ones they are, but I think... Uh, in the context of the last couple of years, which have been blowout years, I, I was encouraged by round one last week, and I, I think some closer games are, are on order. So, uh, yeah, five games decided by eight points or less for me. So, hopefully, you're wrong, Friendy, or if you are right, um, <laughs> the other ones are close. Kieran, what's your bold prediction this week? Uh, I've got two out of the three Queensland teams to win, and at least three tries from um, a player in the half, so a half within these Queensland sides. I like that you nominate uh, two out yeah, of three, yeah. <laughs> just, to, just to give us a little bit of wriggle room there uh, with the Cowboys being so shite. Gentlemen, thank you very, very much. We've been very brisk. It's only been about half an hour today. We've done really, really well. Um, I want to give a shout out to a, a podcast that uh, takes a little bit longer than half an hour to record. It's called Pick a Disc, and it's uh, on the We Made This Podcast Network, which I have a bunch of shows on. And I'm appearing on an episode with Matt Latham this Sunday night talking about... So, basically, the idea is you you pick an album that you want to talk about, and then you talk about it for an hour or so with Matt. Um, and I've previously been on there to talk about the Arctic Monkeys debut album, um, but... 
Matt really wants somebody to talk about the South Park movie soundtrack with him. So I've, I've volunteered myself. So I'll be talking South Park bigger, longer and uncut with Matt Latham on Pick a Disc. So that'll be out in a few weeks time. And I'm really looking forward to it because that is one of my favorite musical movies ever. So shout out to Pick a Disc. I've got a shout out to, uh, to my Arsenal. Go go tomorrow against Miles' Liverpool. <laughs> Cop that, Miles. <laughs> I've got a shout out to my partner, Shell, guys. She put up with a whole season of cricket yet again. We've been training since August and only just finished last weekend. So I guess we'll go for lunch on Saturday and get to know each other again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure she's just as lovely as you remember her. <laughs> Above the Horizontal is brought to you by the Pioneer Australia. Find them on Facebook or at www.pioneeraustralia.wordpress.com. The panellists are Miles Stedman, Kieran Gibson and Daniel Friend. And it's hosted and produced by me, Bo Nicholson. <laughs>